Welcome to In the Black with your host, Bob Dickerson. Our program takes a look at the socioeconomic issues affecting black America. From education to news and politics to business matters, we have the stories and guests that you need to hear about. Now, here is Bob Dickerson. Well, hello, everybody. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black here on the Voice America Radio Network. Hey, we're very, very, very happy to be here today. Uh, Happy New Year. Hope you and your family had a great Christmas. My family and I had a a wonderful Christmas. We had fun. uh, We relaxed. uh, Went to a Christmas, I mean, a New Year's party. I mean, it was just great. Uh, I'm a big-time football fan, Roll Tide. And even though the Alabama Crimson Tide was not in the college football playoffs, we still beat Michigan down uh, the other day, and I was happy about that. So this is our first show of the year. Uh, we were off because the show airs on Wednesday. Of course, we were off on Christmas and on New Year's. But we're happy to be back, happy to launch 2020. You know, I've been seeing this, and I know we're going to see this all year with all of the emphasis on hashtags now. So hashtag 2020 vision, hashtag 2020 vision is something that I think we're all going to be using as the months and weeks pass by this year. So 2020, what a year, the roaring 20s. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife, Marquita, and I went to a roaring 20s party and people dressed in the fashions of the uh, 1920s. And that was really interesting and to see people uh, in their outfits and uniforms and some of the garb. I wasn't around in the 20s. More than likely, very few, if any of you were either, but, uh, but it was a festive occasion. Always good to see the, ch- the calendar change. The one thing that I'm going to encourage all of us to do is to make sure that we envision what we want to see happen in 2020. Uh, people are big on, on writing it down and making lists. And believe me, I have a couple of lists that I've, that I've made, uh, creating vision boards, uh, and all of that is good. I mean, it's very important that we cast our vision. But one of the things that we must do is to go back and revisit the vision some point and usually at various points during the year. This makes sure that we're on track. It makes sure that we haven't uh, thought we were going to do something that we can't. It makes sure that we haven't let things fall through the cracks. And it makes sure that, that we know what we're planning to do and that we're realistic about it. Uh, It's always good at the end of the year to go back and say, okay, what did I plan to do? What did I set out to accomplish? Now I want to look back and make sure that I did accomplish all of those things that I planned. So, you know, while I'm on the subject, and I actually thought about not really talking about slavery. Uh, so many people don't want you to talk about slavery. Uh, again, the things are, or about reparations. Uh, usually the excuses that I always hear are, and you've heard them, well, that was so long ago. And, you know, my family never owned slaves. And you people ought to just get over it, as I mentioned. But, you know, I think that we all ought to Uh, have to reckon with the truth about slavery. So here are a couple of truths uh, about slavery. Slavery robbed Africans of their economic rights. 
At the same time, the, the, the system and the capitalistic system here in this country was producing millionaires as a result of slavery. Here's an example of something I recently read. There were more millionaires per capita in Mississippi in 1800 than there were in all of America, and that included New York and New England and Boston, more millionaires per capita, meaning that Mississippi was a sparsely populated state, but because of the slave labor, the free labor that the land barons and plantation owners and folks who were trading in cotton, that made Mississippians, a few of them per capita, very rich. And it was done on the backs of people who had been basically imported to Mississippi from the Carolinas and Virginia because the, the tobacco crops had stopped being so profitable. The cotton gin, which, uh, you know, when we were in, in, in school, we always thought that Eli Whitney was a black man. He invented the cotton gin. That allowed the seeds to be taken out of cotton and it made producing the cotton and getting it to market uh, a lot quicker. We thought he was a black man. He was not. But you would think that the creation of the cotton gin made the labor needed to get cotton to market uh, less necessary, but it was quite the opposite. What it did was it allowed uh, America to produce more cotton. And, and cotton was the cash crop of the, the late 18th and early through mid 19th century. And you know who was picking that cotton. Cotton was being picked by people that didn't get paid. If you factor in uh, wages to the labor associated with picking cotton, then you create a whole new dynamic for black folks, then we have some money. Uh, we're not poor as we are now. We're not as destitute as we are now. Uh, we've had a chance to take our money now for hundreds of years and do whatever we wanted to do with it, which means we could have bought more real estate. Uh, we could have bought and invested in more businesses. We could have invested in more education. We would have had choices. So one of those myths about slavery was that it happened so long ago that it's not really impacting us now. No, it actually wasn't that long ago when you really think of the annals of history. And yes, in fact, it is impacting African-Americans now. And then as importantly, the same people who were beneficiaries of slavery are still reaping the benefits. They were the ones who became very wealthy in the 18th and 19th centuries. They have leveraged that wealth time and time and time again. And when you do the research, and you figure it all out, you'll see that the wealthy people, a number of wealthy people and wealthy institutions in this country had some connection to the slave trade, had some connection to enslaving people and getting that free labor. And so we've got to be clear on history. We've got to be honest about our history. Slavery not only had victims, and the victims are easy to see, uh, they're poor people, uh, they're black people and brown people who never caught a break. Uh, they didn't catch a break when somebody bagged up a slave ship to the Ivory Coast of Africa and 
and captured them and brought them over. They didn't catch a break when the ships landed in the Caribbean and, and they were forced off and forced to work in the sugarcane and other plantations. They didn't catch a break in 1619 when the first ship landed in Jamestown, Virginia and loaded off black cargo being made to work in the tobacco fields and in the rice paddies. They didn't catch a break any of those times. And so far, even in the 21st century, African-Americans have not caught a break. Uh, they haven't caught a break. We haven't caught a break. So a little bit about reparations. We uh, have been hearing that word a lot, even coming from some of the people who are running for office, some of the presidential candidates. And I think reparations are necessary. I think that they are, they are important. You know, at the end of slavery, when um, President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, that was a law, a bill that passed Congress that said that each former slave was to receive 40 acres and a mule. Now, 40 acres and a mule doesn't sound like a lot now, but it was a lot in 1863 and in 1865 at the end of the Civil War, it was a lot. Uh, it was enough to help you get started. It was enough to help people not have to be sharecroppers. It was enough to end slavery and not just the physical bondage slavery where blacks were treated as chattel, but a slave to have to work for someone for less money than you work. So it was a way to end that kind of slavery and give black people the kind of start that we needed. But guess what? Abraham Lincoln got assassinated. And when Abraham Lincoln got assassinated, the next president of the United States took all that back. 40 acres and a mule was no more. So black people were sent out into this country, penniless, poor, former slaves, and made to fend for themselves. When I come back, I'm gonna talk about how well black people have done in fending for themselves because all is not terrible. We've done a great job. This is Bob Dickerson within the black. We'll be back in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. 
Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. Welcome back. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. Very happy to be here. Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and hope your year is getting off just the way you want it. I wish you so much success, so much happiness. Um, I wish everything that you touch turns to gold, uh, that everything that you do flourishes, and that, uh, that your children and your families your businesses, even your hobbies um, work out for you. I'm, I'm hoping that my hobby works out too. I'm going to lower my golf handicap um, and, uh, and I'm going to take money off my golf buddies when I play in the dog fight. So anyway, but anyway, happy new year. Um, it's good to be able to see another year um, and to, to, to be able to, to, to stick around. God has been good. He has blessed us. He's allowed us to, to, be here and to survive and and continue to have uh, optimism about our lives, our country, uh, our situations, and so we're just we're just happy. Um, when you get uh, over a certain age, you understand how to treasure each year, and um, and so I, I treasure 2020. I'm already claiming it as my best year ever. And, uh, and I want that to be the case for all of us. Don't you know that if all of us have a great 2020, then it benefits all of us. Uh, some people think that, you know, my gain has to come at your expense. Or you think that, you know, my loss is going to benefit you. Well, I feel just the opposite. I think that if we all gain we all gain. And if one of us loses, it has a negative impact on the other. And so I want us to embrace that kind of thinking, uh, embrace the kind of thinking that says that we all come up together 
And if we see somebody stumbling, if we see someone who is faltering, if we see someone who needs some help, then we would be the ones who would want to give them that help. I think that's very important. I talked last uh, segment and I, I, you know, didn't really want to, but it was something that was on my heart because I've heard people, you know, speak of slavery in the kind of way that blames the victim. Uh, I mentioned on an earlier program that uh, I've heard people talk about the money issues that black America has and truly, truly black America has money issues. Um, the racial wealth gap is concerning. Um, and it's, it's something that we all should be concerned about if you're black or white. But um, you can't blame black people for being poor because it's difficult once you have been made to be poor to reverse it. I didn't say impossible. And there are a lot of people who have and black folks in general have done well. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But the truth of the matter is black folks are not responsible for their impoverished condition in America. Uh, America brought blacks in, enslaved them, didn't pay them, released them into a different type of bondage, discriminated against them, uh, did everything they could to economically impair our progress, and then say, it's bad because you're poor. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you got to do better. You know, why don't you? And, and, and even some African-Americans buy into that kind of thought, too. Um, you know, we, we, we blame the victim for being the victim. So I want you to, you know, if somebody is, is uh, assaulted, they're walking down the street and they get assaulted, and you walk up to them and you say, shouldn't have been on that street. <laughs> you, you know, you got assaulted. You know, you, 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 know, you should have run faster. You should have done something. That's, that's sort of blaming the victim. And so for blaming black people for being poor, for not having money, when everything that has happened to black people has been in a way designed to take money, uh, eliminate money, uh, then, you know, that, that is, uh, that's wrong. It doesn't really make sense. And it's almost like rewarding somebody who was born with a silver spoon in their mouths for being successful and for being rich. Well, if you didn't do anything to create success, if you didn't do anything to, to, to create riches for you and your family, then you don't get as much credit as for some entrepreneur who actually started from scratch. I didn't say from zero or from negative, but from scratch, that means something different, at least in my mind. So, so it's important that we not blame the victims. But this is one thing that I think I wanted to say today, and this is a positive message because we can look around the world and look at situations and, and, and see no good. But when you really think about what has happened to black folks and for black folks in America, it's actually remarkable. It's actually remarkable. 1865, um, blacks are so supposed to be given this 40 acres and a mule and we weren't. 
we're out of slavery, but there's still remnants of the same kind of uh, discrimination, threats, threats of violence. Actually, violence was more than just a threat, it was a reality. Um, sharecroppers, uh, not well educated, so unable to really negotiate uh, fair deals for our people and ourselves. And so e even though the system, the, the legal um, aspects of slavery ended, in reality, slavery didn't end that quickly. But let's just fast forward now for 150 or 60 years and see how far these people who came from having nothing, who had been robbed for 250 years prior to that time in America have come. I, I was listening to a sermon uh, by a popular minister, uh, uh, Dr. Frederick Price, and, and I'm not looking at it now, so I'm gonna paraphrase it. I think the title was, Don't You Ever Forget This. Don't you ever forget this. Don't you ever forget that we came from nothing to become something. Don't you ever forget that the same descendants of the Africans who were freed from slavery by the Emancipation Proclamation that Abraham Lincoln signed have grown to now, if we were a nation unto ourselves, uh, the money that we earn the money that we earn would make us in the top 10 earning nations in the world, on the globe. Uh, don't you ever forget that we have excelled in every aspect of life. We've excelled in academia, Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver. We start schools and colleges and we've excelled in science. We've got astronauts. Charles Drew, who invented blood plasma. We've excelled as architects. Uh, we've excelled even in the realms of government. Uh, Barack Obama, we've had a black president. We've excelled in every aspect of life. As a matter of fact, any place that you've allowed the descendants of those African slaves to enter, we've excelled. Now, Doors have been closed for a long time, and like we were, we were locked out of the voting booth for quite a while, and now we're electing black folks everywhere you look. Uh, we've been locked out of corporate America, but now we see rising leaders and corporate giants. Uh, we have been locked out of business ownership, but we can point to African Americans like Booker, like A.G. Gaston, one of my heroes, who was born poor. As a matter of fact, if you, if you, if you looked at A.G. Gaston's circumstances on the day of his birth, he celebrated it July 4th and he was born in 1892. So on the day of his birth, if you looked at his situation, you would have said, okay, he's going to be impoverished. He'll be a laborer. He'll be impoverished. He'll probably live to about 65 if he's lucky. He won't have good health, and he beat the odds. So a number of our people throughout the history of this country have always beat the odds. Now what we have to do is we have to get 
we have to lessen the odds. The odds have always been stacked against us, and it has crippled a number of us, but it hasn't stopped our people from achieving. And that's one of the things that I think we all must be proud of. We must be proud of the accomplishments of Africans who are descendants of slaves, must be proud of what we've done in this country. And, and as importantly, that's the story, that's the black history that we need to tell, not just to ourselves, but we need to tell that to all Americans so that we all can feel a sense of pride and encouragement because of what has happened to these formerly enslaved people in this country. I'm gonna come back uh, in just a bit uh, after a few messages. I'm really enjoying doing this radio program. You're listening to the Voice America Radio Network. I am Bob Dickerson, and you're listening to In the Black. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black.
Okay, everybody, welcome back. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black, In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. I've explained a couple of times that In the Black, you can get me on social media, um, Twitter at In the Black, and it's spelled N-T-H-B-L-K. No vowels in that. Uh, one consonant is missing, too. I'll let you figure out which one it is. Uh, you can get me uh, at Bob Dickerson Jr., also on Twitter, Facebook, Bob Dickerson, LinkedIn, Bob Dickerson. Or you can visit my website, which is, you guessed it, bobdickerson.com. So check me out. Uh, I'm having a great time. Love doing radio. Also, uh, feel free to listen to our gospel radio program the myriad gospel music countdown. You can get that online at gospelcountdown.net, gospelcountdown.net. So, so we were talking uh, before the break about how far, how far uh, black people have come in America, even though our um, initially uh, we weren't uh, treated very, very well when we first got to this country, uh, being a slave, certainly in, in being treated well. But I, I just wanted to go on and talk about uh, some of the people who have been big time, big time um, accomplishers, you know, that were African-American. And, you know, just just thinking about it as we're heading into February, which is Black History Month. Now, I'll take a little bit about that. Um, and I'm old enough to remember uh, when I was a youngster that it, there was no Black History Month, but there was something called Negro History Week. So I guess uh, we're making some progress. Uh, many of my friends and associates will say that we should celebrate Black history every day, not just one month a year and not just for a month, but every day we should celebrate the accomplishments that African-Americans have made uh, in America. But, but, but even beyond that, the contributions that African-Americans have made to America. So just starting off, if you think about great athletes, great athletes, and we love our sports, we love our sports. You think about some of the greatest athletes that this country has ever produced, then the names of Muhammad Ali, Jesse Owens, Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, come to mind. I mean, Muhammad Ali was a, was a, a great, great boxer. Uh, one thing that uh, I learned about Muhammad Ali was that uh, his idol was Sugar Ray Robinson, another great black fighter. And that was once upon a time uh, Ali, who was Cassius Clay at the time, tried to get an autograph from Sugar Ray Robinson, and Sugar Ray refused. Uh, Ali was a burgeoning young fighter coming up, and uh, and so Sugar Ray didn't give him an autograph. I guess he, you know, he fixed that. And you know, and we think about artists, uh, you know, and not not necessarily artists that that sing, but but other types of artists like Langston Hughes. Um, like uh, Augusta Savage, who was a sculptor, and uh, and Romare Bearden, uh, who was a visionary in, in mixed media, names that you don't hear a lot, but who were great contributors 
uh, to art and happened to be African-Americans uh, who came up in this country. Um, so, so now I really am trying not to um, eat a lot of cookies and stuff. But uh, when I think about cookies, I can think about uh, Famous Amos. Uh, Famous Amos, his name was Wally Amos. Uh, and he was known as Wally Amos, of course. His name was Wally Amos, but he became Famous Amos um, uh, it, it, because of his cookies. And the, the one other interesting fact about uh, Wally Amos was he was a talent agent. Uh, he worked for the William Morris Agency. Uh, he was booking the likes of the Supremes and uh, and even Simon and Garfunkel, and that was his that was his job. But he also uh, had this recipe uh, for 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 making cookies. And we all know, you know, the name Martin Luther King and Maya Angelou. They, those are names that we that we don't have to describe who they were. And so, if I mention the nickname Satchmo, if I say Satchmo. Who would know who I'm talking about? Satchmo. Well, Satchmo's name was Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. And uh, the, the Satchmo actually came from a nickname, Satchel Mouth. Uh, I learned that uh, through reading recently. But Satchmo was a great jazz artist. I mean, just fantastic. Uh, you know, did, did um, you know, he made New Orleans proud uh, and he made... Uh, Black folks proud because he was a great, uh, a, a great entertainer. And just thinking about great entertainers, I can remember as a kid, my dad had some, um, had had at least one. It may have been more than one. You know, when we had the records and they were the thirty-three and a third and seventy-eight records. Now, you kids don't know what I'm talking about because you probably never seen a record. But uh, but there was a, a, a entertainer. And his name was Harry Belafonte, Harry Belafonte, Harry Belafonte. Uh, we played those records that my dad had over and over again. And uh, sad to say, I'm on my way. I won't be back for many a day. My heart is down. My head is turning around. I had to meet a little girl. I leave a little girl in Kingston town, I think were the words. But uh, Harry Belafonte actually ended up being a, a central figure in the civil rights movement after launching his uh, recording career around the mid '50s. So another great, a great uh, internationally renowned entertainment icon and civil rights activist. But Belafonte, uh, even though he did calypso music, was actually from New York, uh, and uh, you know he's had a a, a distinguished career. So. Uh, so when you go to Washington, D.C., so you go to Washington, D.C., and you look at how the nation's capital is laid out, well, the scientists and mathematicians that helped to lay out and is credited for designing the blueprints for the layout of Washington, D.C., is a black man. His name is uh, Benjamin Banneker. Benjamin Banneker, black man. And so, uh, so black folks have uh, accomplished all of these things throughout the years in science, uh, in entertainment, um, in, in, in arts, in culture, uh, in education. So I mentioned uh, I went to Tuskegee Institute. It's Tuskegee University now. 
when I went, it was Tuskegee Institute. It had the name that the founder gave it, and the founder's name was Booker T. Washington. So Booker T. Washington uh, founded Tuskegee in 1881. He had attended Hampton University. And uh, when you talk about someone who had a desire to be educated, then uh, the poster child for a desire to be educated ought to be Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington wanted to read so bad that he read by candlelight in a dark log cabin. Um, he actually took odd jobs and walked to Hampton and just, you know, got there the best way he could because his family didn't have any money. And so to, to have that kind of enthusiasm toward being educated, wanting to be educated, and then to turn around and start a school that has educated thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of African-American children. That was what Booker T. Washington was all about. Booker T. Washington was the man who actually gave George Washington Carver the platform uh, from which to do an enormous number of scientific discoveries, better known for coming up with hundreds of utilizations for, for the peanut. But George Washington Carver, another black man uh, who, uh, who actually had been well-educated in the North, but because of Booker T. Washington's persuasiveness, he persuaded him to come to um, Alabama, to Tuskegee, where he actually become, became so, so famous. Um, so when, uh, when the, when, uh, the politician and educator in Brooklyn native, Shirley Chisholm, who survived three assassination attempts, three assassination attempts, and, and whether you remember this or not, but, uh, but Shirley Chisholm was the first African-American to actually run for president, the first female African-American to, to run for president, a great American uh, who has done uh, so much, you know, who, had, who did so much. And, I, and, and names can go on and on from uh, County Cullen to Marcus Garvey uh, to Lena Horne, uh, more Octavia Butler, but black people in America have accomplished so much. Nat King Cole, um, you know, so many people have done so much. Ernie Davis, who was the first African-American to win a Heisman Trophy, uh, played at Syracuse and played after one of my heroes when I was growing up, Jim Brown, uh, W.B. Du Bois, Ralph Ellison. And so black folks have been uh, in this country since, since 1619. Uh, free or at least freed from slavery in 1865 and have accomplished so much and made so many contributions to the very fabric of this country until it is absolutely remarkable. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black. You stay right where you are. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more on the Voice America Radio Network after these messages. Thank you. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. Good afternoon for some. I guess good morning for others if you're on the in Mountain Time or uh, uh, Pacific Time. This is Bob Dickerson on the Voice America Radio Network with In the Black. Happy to be here. Happy to be doing radio. Happy to have you out there. I hope you're listening. Uh, remember, you can uh, reach out to me on Twitter at In the Black N T H B L K at B Dickerson Jr. I'm Bob Dickerson on Facebook. I'm Bob Dickerson on LinkedIn. So. And my website is bobdickerson.com. So check me out. Uh, communicate with me. If it's something you want to hear about, know about, challenge me on, feel free to do that. So we've been talking about, uh, well, we started off talking about, you know, slavery and uh, how it is still impacting black America today. We talked about how, you know, proudly and, uh, and, and how remarkably uh, the African American community has rebounded uh, from having absolutely nothing uh, to having a lot, uh, uh, comparatively speaking. 
And then we talked about some individuals who have made spectacular contributions to this country. Uh, in the break, I started thinking about this um, just a little closer to home. So, you know, black Americans have always done everything that we could to prove we were great Americans. Uh, I'm thinking about my father uh, who served in World War II uh, in the Navy. Um, my two uncles, uh, one who actually uh, rose to the ranks of Lieutenant Colonel uh, in the U.S. Army and made a career, but he fought in three wars. He fought in World War II, he fought in Korea, and he fought in Vietnam. Um, so I think about all of the contributions and the sacrifices that military uh, men in my family, uh, my mother's cousin, Samuel Randolph, who served in Vietnam. Um, you know, and I think about the Buffalo soldiers, the Buffalo soldiers, the all black regiment that the army created even as far back as the 1860s. And, and starting with the Buffalo soldiers and even through the service that, uh, that, that my father had in World War II and my uncles, and even my uncle who was in Korea, and not so much in Vietnam, those soldiers who came back, came back to second-class second treatment. They came back to an America that uh, was still segregated. They came back to an America that still uh, redlined their ability to buy houses anywhere they wanted to. They came back to America that, uh, that was totally unfair to them because of the color of their skin. If you think about the famous Tuskegee Airmen, um, who legend has it never lost a plane at, that they escorted, those men, um, obviously intelligent, able to fly planes, able to fix planes, able to run, uh, uh, to, to contribute to defeating Nazi Germany. Those same men came back and were discriminated against, came back to an America that didn't respect what they had done for this country. And frankly, didn't care and looked at them because of the color of their skin and treated them a certain kind of way because of the color of their skin, as opposed to looking at the value of their contributions. And so, you know, not to, we have to think about the things that our people have given. You know, more than 20 Buffalo soldiers received medals of honor, over 20 received medals of honor. Um, there were medals given to World War II heroes who happened to be black and many war in Vietnam heroes who happened to be black. Um, and so, you know, it's just so important, I believe, that we respect, that we honor, and that we acknowledge the accomplishments of black folks all over this country. Uh, again, from the likes of Aretha Franklin to Condoleezza Rice, 
to Sidney Portier to Little Richard. You all know who Little Richard is. Little Richard, uh, Paul Robeson, um, Jackie Robinson. So, so Jackie Robinson was my father's hero. Uh, Jackie Robinson wasn't that much older than my dad, but you know they all. When Jackie Robinson broke the major league color barrier and got a chance to play for the Dodgers, it was just about that time all the black folks in America became Dodger fans. And I am a Dodger fan because my dad was a Dodger fan. I am a Dodger fan right now. The interesting thing about about Jackie Robinson is Jackie came from a family of athletes. Uh, He had an older brother who actually was in the 36 Olympics with Jesse Owens. Uh, He ran the 200 meter and he won a medal. He won a silver medal. But Jackie had played uh, football in college. He played at UCLA. Jackie was an older baseball player when he came to the the majors. Uh, He was already 26 or 27 years old. But uh, Branch Rickey picked Jackie out because he was a great player. That was evidence. Uh, Evident. He, he, you know, was a, a great athlete and a great baseball player. But Jackie also was a great man already. He had already distinguished himself in the military and at UCLA as being smart, uh, very intelligent, uh, and a high, high character individual. And that's what we see so much. Uh, that's what we what, why, why Jackie Robinson caught Branch Rickey's atten- attention, and, and he was chosen to be the one who would integrate um, Major League Sports, Major League Baseball. And boy, what do we owe when you think about all of the athletes that we see on TV each and every time you turn a sports channel on, what they owe to Jackie Robinson? And then when you think of how much talent was sort of overlooked back in the day before 1947, when Jackie Robinson was allowed to display his talent on a baseball diamond, there were a lot of people who came along before him who no doubt were equally as talented, but because of discrimination, they didn't get their chance. And so what that ought to make us think of is how many people are we discriminating against and how many Jackie Robinsons, how many Barack Obamas, how many Nina Simones and how many Sugar Ray Robinsons and Muhammad Ali's are we closing off and foreclosing their opportunity to be great contributors, not just to sports, but to America, not just to art and culture, but to America not just a business, but to America. This is Bob Dickerson. I am on the Voice America Radio Network, and you've been listening to In the Black. Thank you for tuning in. Please join host Bob Dickerson for another edition of In the Black next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.